This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. Are you hoping to influence others for God? Do you hope to experience more of the abundant power that Jesus promised? Do you want to live a life that's overflowing with God's presence? Do you long to make a difference in the world? Well, if you said yes to any or all of these questions, our programs over the next couple of weeks are going to convince you that Christianity at its core is blatantly supernatural. Well, I'm so happy to have back with me today Dwight Edwards. Dwight is the founder and president of Revolution Within, whose vision is to develop spiritually passionate, humbly dependent followers of Jesus as they they help believers to develop their new hearts, their new lives, and their new legacies in Christ. Dwight has pastored for over 30 years, most recently at Water's Edge Community Church in Houston. Dwight is a best-selling author of six books, including one that we'll be discussing today, Releasing the Rivers Within. He is a sought-out speaker, teacher, and facilitator. Dwight, it is so good to have you back on the Great to be back. I love being with you, Carmen. Uh, We're going to have a good time. It's a great topic. You know, if we're honest, most of us as Christians have had times in our Christian walk, where we kind of stop and go, is this all there is, yeah. right? right? You know, we don't like to admit that. We're not even sure if it's okay to admit that. But I know that we all have felt it. We've asked that question. And I, I couldn't help but notice um, your subtitle of this book is The Exhilaration of Utter Dependence on God. Mm. And I kind of feel like that is the answer to that question, mm-hmm. is this all there is to lie? So, so Dwight, what, what brought you uh, to, first of all, wanting to find the answer to that question and discovering that that was the answer? Well, that's a great, great question. You know, it was, it was years, really, of um, you know, studying, uh, reading, especially reading uh, some of the older writers like Andrew Murray and um, Watchman Nee, uh, Oswald Chambers, and so forth. And uh, it, was a, it was a thread that ran through all of their teachings and so forth, and that is that um, there's more than most of us are experiencing, hmm. and the more is a person. Uh, and that one of the most difficult things in the Christian life, I think, is to continue the way we began. So we began by desperate dependency solely on the death of Christ uh, to get us to heaven. And I think biblically we're to continue in the same desperate dependence only upon the life of Christ within. Mm, yeah. uh, and we get hoodwinked along the way and, and, and different things grab our attention. And uh, we, I think we move away from the very simple call that Paul has in, in Colossians. He says, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in it. Yeah. Continue the way you began. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then, you know, uh, as I was reading and, and, and um, you know, 
focusing more and more on that. Uh, I noticed in my own life that, that there, there really was a, a sense of adventure, uh, mm. exhilaration, I think a fair word. It's not to say that it's nonstop. They're not right, trying right. to pretend or that you know, you'll always be on a mountaintop high. Um, but there is a sense of, you know, this is something that I couldn't have pulled off myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is this is something that I think genuinely is supernatural because um, it's 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 something I've never been able to pull. Yeah. Yes, and you know, you you talk about the fact that it's not just nonstop right. exhilaration, Absolutely. but when you experience that exhilaration, a time when you know God has right. empowered you, it's like your heart goes, that's what I always want. And so there is that, it draws you back to, back into his word, yeah. right? To do those things uh, that you know brought you to that experience of adventure and exhilaration. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I like to, to think in terms of we're just coming back home to what we were always created for. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, we were created very specifically for His glory. Yes. You know, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, um, and that in order to uh, both appropriate and particularly display His glory, uh, it's it's something we can't produce on our own. Right, So right. I like to put it this way. All the good in our lives is borrowed good. Mm-hmm. You know, all the glory that we exhibit to this world is borrowed glory. Yeah. But the beauty of it is, it's the greatest win-win situation on demand in this sense. God gets glorified, we get satisfied. We're created for His glory. So we're just coming home to to what God always created us for. We're we're coming back to what makes us most alive as a human being. Oh, yeah. Um, So I often will say, you know, what, what makes an eagle most alive as an eagle? And it's when it's soaring to the heights, mm. enjoying the the rare, uh, excuse me, the crisp, rarefied air of, of, of sailing to the heights, stretching out his wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and what you see is the light in the eyes. You know, when is a dolphin most alive as a dolphin? When it's frolicking in, in SeaWorld, not in, in the Pacific Ocean, not in SeaWorld. Yeah. And so when we uh, engage in um, basically allowing the rivers of living water to spill through us mm-hmm. so that God's name is more and more and more glorified. We're just coming home to what we're made to do. Yeah. You know, and nothing will satisfy deeper or last longer. Being who God made us to be. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I love that idea of God infused uh, good and how we can release it for his glory mm. for sure. And what's interesting to me is you call it the vibrant rest rest mm-hmm. of true spirituality. And, and and I think about Matthew eleven twenty eight through yeah. 30, that says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, Dwight, I think many Christians assume that God is just talking about rest from your work. That's it. If you're tired, you've had a long day, you come to Christ for rest. But you explain it so much more than that. Uh, You know, uh, it is it is. Uh, not rest from our work as much as it is resting in who we are in yes, Him. Yes, exactly. And in yeah. one sense, it's rest in our work. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I think this is important in the sense that um, 
on one hand, and I think so often the Christian life is, in fact, the vast majority of the time, it's not either or, it's both and. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Grace and truth, yeah. you know, uh, on and on it goes. So I think on one hand, there is a rest of soul. Yeah. The, Matthew 11 clearly uh, clearly says that Paul, as he's writing to the Galatians, is basically asking them, you know, what happened to all your joy? Because you you used to be resting mm-hmm. in who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's, a, it's not a rest of passivity. It, 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 it's a rest of being carried along uh, in waters that are going to take us places we never expected to go. And there's, sure. there, there's adventure in the ride, I, yeah. I, I would say. Uh, so it's a combination of the two, really. I think it's, it's, it's rest of soul, but then it's the wide-eyed wonder of saying, God, what do we have next? Yes, you know? yes, yeah, yes. So. Good, good, good. You know, in your excellent book, Revolution Within, you focus on what it means to have rivers of living water dwelling within us. But in this book, Releasing the Rivers Within, you focus on the life of Christ within us that's transported to believers and unbelievers in this broken world. You mentioned a couple of truths that you really want to emphasize about uh, transporting those living waters to others. Could you? Well, um, you know, a couple of them. Um, basically, John seven thirty-seven through thirty-nine okay. is the foundation for the the, the uh-huh. book, and uh, it's just such a fascinating passage because it's on the, the the final day of the most joyous of all the feasts, the Feast of Booths, and Jesus says. If anyone thirsts, in other words, if if you've taste you've tasted the best that religion has to offer, basically, and if you find that you're still thirsty, mm. that religion has not done the job for you, that's when he says, "Come to me and drink." Mm. He that believes in me out of his innermost being will flow. And in the Greek, a much better translation is torrents or floods of living waters. And so, you know, it it looks like to me that he's he's inviting us basically to a life. And and in the book, I had just four words. I actually have six now as I've thought more about it. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, our first calling is to drink deeply. He says, come to me and not serve me, not work for me. Drink. Yeah. Uh, and and drink long and drink fully. Um, and then out of the overflow of, of drinking deeply, then you move into um, flowing freely. But I think I think there's something in between there. I w- and I wish I'd put it in the in the book, but you know yeah. things are what they are. Um, I would say it's this: it you it, first calling is to drink deeply. Mm-hmm. Second calling is to enjoy fully. Mm. I would say, you know, enjoy to the hilt Mm, mm. what God is offering you. You In the Psalms, he says, I would have fed them with the finest of wheat Mm. and with honey from the rock, I would have satisfied. Yeah. But you didn't give me the chance. Right. So I'd say it's drink deeply. Uh, enjoy fully mm-hmm. and then flow freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. where the, the torrents of living water come. Yes, yes. Um, so so what, one of the things I think this is, is, is saying to us is that the Christian life is not a life of giving, mm-hmm. it's a life of overflowing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a big difference between the two. Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of Christians are out there giving. Mm-hmm. They're giving and they're giving and they're worn out and they're tired and they're yeah. good-hearted. Yeah. But they're exhausted. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the difference between giving and overflowing is that overflowing is still giving, mm-hmm. but it's giving out of surplus. Yes. yes. And that's that's the beauty of what I think the Lord's offering there. Oh, is, I is, agree. You know, I, I agree. I've got a surplus 
beyond what you can even imagine. Yeah. I'm just asking you to be my my riverbed. Oh yes, no doubt about it. Yes, um, you know the the early church seemed to really get it yeah, right. <laughs> they did, and and the world watched <laughs> in in awe and wonder, and they changed the world. And we thought we're thinking today with all that we know. With all that we have to communicate, yeah. with all the things, um, we're not impacting the world the way they they did, yeah. and so we have to, as believers, ask why. Why? Why are we not? Uh, but you talk about qualities that those early Christians had yeah. that did impact that watching world. Can you recall? The well, yeah, and I, I I think um, a a good way to describe. The message of our Lord to those early disciples that was continued on from that point on. Mm -hmm. I like the phrase, lead by surprise. Uh, In other words, um, live out in the power of the Spirit a kind of Christianity that is intriguing, Mm -hmm. that, that is causing people to wonder. And then they're ready to hear. The reason behind it, more the yeah. teaching. I think we we move too quickly, yeah. immediately to um, to doctrine, and, and that, that's yeah. obviously crucial. But I think with the early believers, there were there are three things. Um, one is that they saw the the the, the non Christian world saw with those early believers a love that could not be imitated. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, that's that is absolutely the number one thing. Pagans so. of that day, as they write it, repeatedly, they say these people love one another. They love one another before they've even met each other. And so without a doubt, that was what won the day. Is it was it was a love that could not could not be explained. They'd never seen anything like it in 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 their culture before. And everyone uh, wants to be a part of that, Dewey. Oh, absolutely. Because everyone's looking for love, right? Love uh, and acceptance. Absolutely. So that's that, I yeah. think that's the number one longing God placed within the human yeah. heart. Yeah. So you know n- nobody has a greater opportunity to meet that need mm. than uh, Christ intoxicated believers who are just passing along to others the love that they first have, have yes, experienced. Yes, yes, yes. So one was. Uh, a love that could not be explained. Secondly, um, I think it was. Uh, um, uh, um, we'll have to cut this out. Um, secondly, it was a, a peace that could not be sabotaged. Mm. You know, and and there was a, a repose. There was a peace among those believers, even though it's a very very difficult times. Oh, uh, persecution! Per, persecution! Like we've exactly. never experienced. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then. Um, then a joy that could not be sabotaged, mm-hmm. you know. That, and so yeah. it's interesting that the first three fruits of the spirit—love, joy, and peace—I yes. think those were the um, those were what led the way yeah. for those first uh, three hundred years. Wow. And, uh, and so, really, that's that's what caught the attention um, of uh, of the uh, yeah. you know the the, the early um, no doubt early people, no early doubt. Romans. Oh, and and that sounds like a simple thing for us to do, and yet. And yet we miss it. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to we're trying to get the doctrine right, and we're trying to make sure that we've got the four points right. and all the things to to share with an individual. But they just need our love and our joy. And our, yeah, you know. I, I absolutely agree. I yeah. think there is yeah. a there's a rest and a vibrancy at the at the mm-hmm. same time um, yeah. there. And I, I I like the phrase "lead by surprise." I really think that that was what what led the way. Uh-huh. And th- and then they were ready for the verbiage. That's right. You know, I, I think one of the That's big right. mistakes that we've made as believers is we try to win people before we wow them. Oh, yes. You know, and, and it's the starting good, starting good place is, uh, uh, well, Young Life puts it well, win the right to be heard. Uh-huh. Win the right to be heard. That's that that's perfect way to describe it. Love it. Yes. 
You wrote in your book, what often feels most real to us is that we live on a spiritual breadline. Just making it from one quiet time to another, one worship service to the next, whatever Jesus meant by the abundant life must be intended for other believers, we think, right? So do I encourage hearts today because what calls do we have? for believing that things really can be different, that there really are dynamic, untapped resources in every believer. Because even those listening today may go, oh yeah, that all sounds great. I just haven't, I haven't had that yet in my life. Well, I would say um, that you're exactly right, that many believers, they read the passages, they intellectually buy in, but there's been a disconnect somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think that the quality, maybe the what opens the door more than anything else is brokenness. Mm -hmm. I I think broken saints, humble saints um, are typically experience God in the most profound ways. You know, Augustine was once asked, what's the single most important Christian virtue? And his answer was, well, it's humility. And then he added, and you want to know what the second most important Christian virtue is? And the person said, yeah, humility. And you want to know what the third most important Christian virtue is? <laughs> Again, humility. <clears throat> but I think that's exactly right. I, I, I think that experiencing what is actually dwelling within all of us. Uh, you know, this, this why in Ephesians, as he wraps up in chapter three, his prayers that you may know what is the depth and the height and the mm-hmm. riches of, of his, his grace in you. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, so often it's, it's, it's the humble, it's the broken, uh, it's the desperate, really, in a yes, lot of ways yes. that, that are saying, Lord, you know, save me or I drown. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. And, I, and I think when we recall the pit he drew us out of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was our that was a waking point for many of us. I know it was for me. Yeah. Uh, and then again, and then again, like you say, it's not a continuous, right. you know, exhilaration. But then again, when I face my mortality, yeah. and yeah. and and so then again, you've got this wake up call that oh wow. That's right. Let me take, go go home to what I really know. Exactly. Of who exactly. I am in Christ. And, yeah. and I, th- I think one other thing would be, um, as you look at the, the great saints throughout history and certainly in, in the scriptures, they refuse to settle for less than God's best. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's a, mm-hmm. another part of it to say, mm-hmm. you know, well, only one shot at this thing. I, I want the best that that can be had. Amen. You know, and and the beauty of it is, is that in that kind of scenario, again, God wins and we win. God yes, gets yes. glorified, we get satisfied. That's right. You know, and that's, that's right. and that's why His calling to us. I love uh, in Isaiah fifty-five verses one and two. Yeah. <clears throat> he says. Um, why do you spend money for what is not bread? Mm. Why do you labor for what does not satisfy? Hearken diligently unto me, eat what is good, and yet your soul delight itself in the richest mm. affair. You know, mm-hmm. basically, don't settle for less yeah. than the best that God wants wants to uh, wants you to experience. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Well, you you talk about the the new covenant, really, that gives us that new heart to know him, to want to serve him, to love him. Uh, And and you say there are four central arteries that carry the lifeblood of the new covenant uh, approach to life and ministry. The first is you are permanently 
and flooded with divine abundance. Talk about uh, talk about that. Okay, yeah. uh, there's there's more in you than you think. Yeah. You know, and and the problem is we 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 determine um, kind of the how much of the Lord we are experiencing or really housing, if you will, mm-hmm. or we, we do it through our experience rather than what the Scripture says. And again. Um, you know, I just go back to the John seven passage. Out of yeah. his innermost being shall flow torrents yeah. of, of, living, of living water. So, um, you know, this is something really running th- throughout the Old and New Testament. I mean, from the very very beginning, God's statement to man is, "I will bless you." Yeah. You know, starting in Genesis one, running all the way through, mm. and when He says, "I will bless you," he's, it really, "I will bless you in outlandish fashion." Mm. I will give you the best clothes available to you know uh, right. to a man or a woman spiritually, um, but especially uh, the idea that within every believer mm-hmm. is these these torrents of uh, of living water. Uh, and uh, again, that Isaiah fifty five passage, he says in verse one, um, "Come and, and drink, come drink wine and milk yeah. without money, without price." And basically. You know, drink till you can't drink anymore. Yeah, don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. Fill yourself with them. Beautiful. Excuse me. The second artery, uh, you say, is you are permanently... Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are permanently indwelt by an on-the-move God. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, that's mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really important thing mm-hmm. to, to think about, it, and that is that the Spirit of God within us is never dormant or passive. You know, the Spirit of God is, is always is always pictured as on the move. So in Revelation, it's called the seven spirits sent out into all the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and I think we just need to remind ourselves, wait a minute, it's not that I have to do this, although, you know, biblically that may be the case. Yeah. It's that there is within me a longing to press forward, to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just giving in to the... Um, uh, the movement of the spirit. Of the I'm giving. Spirit. In, I'm giving into the restlessness of the spirit. Yeah. The spirit of God is restless within every believer, wanting to break out mm-hmm. and be a difference maker while we can. Yes. You know? Yes. So. And it's really, I think, too. You know, he's the spirit is transforming us right. into the likeness of Christ. Well, you can't be transformed if you're stagnant. If you're Absolutely. just, you know, sitting there, and and to participate with the spirit and what he is trying to do in that transformation, we have to be pressing forward right. to, to grow as he teaches and to, uh, you know, repent as he convicts and, right. and corrects, etc. So, uh, so being aware of that, Dwight, I think is really important. Well, that, that's yeah. great. And I think part of that is why <clears throat> that if you look at the great statements of Jesus in terms of the disciples and the ministry he has for them, it always involves moving forward. The mm-hmm. Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should receive power. Excuse me. Um, uh, authorities given to me heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Not wait. Be on the move. Go yeah. and 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 make disciples. Um, you know, and you just find this throughout, uh, yes. especially the New Testament, in terms of. Um, the first step of disciple making is not knowing the Bible. I think I think the first step mm-hmm. is moving forward, and as you move forward and share what you know, um, people get yeah. blessed. Yes, yeah. yes, very very good advice. Uh, the third artery, if you will, is you were created to make a supernatural and eternal difference in this world. Mm. What does that look like, Dwight? 
I, I think that it looks like things that could never have been done mm. uh, if there was not a God in Israel. Mm. Um, and I've I got a number of different examples. One, one I often use is uh, Charles Colson uh, in his ministry yeah. uh, would go into these prisons. Mm-hmm. And before he started speaking, um, he would bring on, on stage with him uh, two inmates, uh, one black, one white. One was former a KK member, the other was part of the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. And they walked out with their arms around each other. And then they shared with the, the, the people there, you know, before I met Jesus, I hated this man. I would have killed him if I had the chance. Wow. But a man named Jesus came into my life and he's changed my heart. And I love my brother. Oh. And he, the other says the same thing. How powerful. Well, and that's the point. Yeah. How can you yeah. not say there's a God in Israel? I mean, where, where else are you going to go? to find something that dramatic. And it's it's not that everything is that dramatic, but I think that's what it means is winning the right to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that for sure, for the first 300 years, without a doubt, that is what won the day. There's just a last book I wrote, uh, Game Changing Christianity. I list like 12 different things that they did that set them apart than the, from the rest of the culture. Yes, yes. And you know, and you, there was that one anecdotal story uh, that, was, that was shared, these two guys there. But if we repeated that again and again and right. again, uh, it, it literally would change the world. Absolutely. Uh, there's so much division today, yeah. and what is needed is is that Christ infusion. That's it. Uh, in each of us, when then that overflowing yeah. of the life that He yeah. gives, because oh my goodness, Dwight, people are looking for that. Absolutely. And and they don't know it unless <coughs> we share it, unless we overflow in their lives. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and that, that's you know the idea of glorifying God. I think a great way to think of it is it's temporarily disrupting people's light view of God. Mm-hmm. People are born in the world with a light view of God typically only turn to God when they need help. Yeah, you know? yeah. And God has set us on this planet to be the disruptors, to live in such a way that it requires them to step back at least for a, a moment mm-hmm. and rethink, say, well, maybe maybe I had this Christianity thing wrong after yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. You know? But the only thing we'll, that will do that <clears throat> is not another sermon. Mm-mm. You know, it's, go, it's going to be on the playing field of life. <clears throat> and, oh, yes. And like you say, <clears throat> that surprise factor right. that they see again and again. And when they try to find the common denominator, they're all Christians and That's they it. love each That's other. That's exactly and they have peace it. And they have joy and they're, yeah. They're not like we are often portrayed. And I right. think this is important. We have to understand that uh, the enemy has portrayed us as not knowing anything, right. judgmental, da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah. So right. we've got to prove them wrong. That's right. That's exactly right. Prove them wrong. right. And finally, uh, you'll never be fully satisfied until the floodgates of your life are open wide. Share a closing thought with us, Dwight. Yeah, wherever you see the word repent in the Bible, let me suggest over it you write two words, trade up. Mm. Trade up. And that's what I mean by that there are torrents of living water awaiting release. And it's in the it's in the the release that you experience the best God has for you on this planet. Again, it's the best it's it's what best glorifies him and mm-hmm. it most satisfies us. Oh, and yeah. and so, you know, they're just they're, they're pressing forward, they're waiting to get out and, and so forth. And uh, to the degree that we open up the floodgates, uh, we will one be used by God, but also we will taste him. 
uh, in the most profound kinds of ways. But it's, it, I would say that's why faith is best uh, spelled R-I-S-K. Mm. <laughs> yes. for, for those waters to come out, yes. it, it, it means taking the risk. Taking a risk. Taking the risk ah, of saying, God, right. if you don't come through, nothing's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Well, Dwight, thank you. Thank, thank you, Thank you Carmen. for the excellent book, Releasing the Rivers Within. It's been a fascinating discussion. We're going to have you back next week uh, to continue this. And thank uh, thanks to our listeners. Uh, we pray that this discussion has blessed you. Perhaps you'd like to learn more about Dwight Edwards, his books, his ministry, his online Bible studies. We have included information on our program page. You can find it at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. While there, check out opportunities here at Grace for seminary degrees and other resources to deepen your knowledge and love for our Lord. So glad you tuned in. Please tell others about Saving Grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.